Not yet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't actually. I'm already pressed. I saw it. You guys should know, you, you might hear my cat. He's uh, been in a bit of a mood the last couple days. What does that mean? It means he just sits and looks at me and meows for minutes on end. That's cute. And it's not like a food thing. It's not like he's dying. It's just I'm in a space that he wants to be in. And in this case, it's, it's my like chair. your desk. And your, oh, interesting. Yeah, or my desk. He... I always have to light a candle so that he doesn't try to crawl across the desk. Is he scared of candles? Yeah, he doesn't like candles. Um, But he loves to crawl across my desk and across my laptop when it's on the desk. So that's the strategy. But he doesn't like candles and he doesn't like that I'm sitting in his chair. So he might come over and start throwing a fit. Just FYI. Well, Trevor, technically it's your chair. So I just agree. Pet the cat and remind him that he's a good cat. <laughs> I agree I that it okay. is actually my chair, but the explanation is lost on Tosh. You should get a smarter cat. Just kidding. It <laughs> sounds great. Get a second cat and then a third cat, and then they could keep each other company. What if I have an idea? What if you set up uh, a laser pen on some type of rotating swivel that just is automated? You plug it in and it spins. I and your cat could just be uh, infatuated with the laser pen. Don't they love the, the laser dots? Oh, this guy loves laser pens. Like, oh, wait a minute. Okay, that reminds me. This cat talk just reminded me of... Uh, have you guys seen that that like TikTok account that's run by somebody in like Russia or something? And they have like a, a pet panther and a Rottweiler. <laughs> and they like play around and they're like friends. Nope. so the first video anyone i think saw of this cat it went really viral was like the rottweiler's like running and then that you see the panther behind it chasing it and you're like what and then it like is in slow motion and then they both jump and the the panther is like just jumping over the rottweiler like just like they're like just playing (laughs) and it's really crazy so uh i highly recommend people check out the like i don't know what's going on in Russia with their animal uh, situation because I feel like they anytime like their people have like pet bears and stuff over there it's crazy yeah but I feel like it's a it's a little bit less regulated yeah in yeah. Russia um, but also they sense. just have kind of a wider variety of animals maybe is that the case maybe there's probably just more animals just by to nature people. of it being a big country yeah but um I yeah like I mean I guess I guess there I'm sure sure there are a lot of for some reason, I can't. My brain can't really comprehend uh, European or Asian bears, other than pandas. But you know, like, can you think of like a grizzly bear living in in Russia? Like, the, it's yeah. probably really like I just can't. I mean, for I don't some know reason. that it's like a, a grizzly, grizzly like right. My view, but I can like, imagine a large brown bear living in Russia. I don't know what my like deal maybe is. Maybe a Eurasian brown bear. Yeah, like one I of guess. those. Yeah, do they? Ha- oh, Eurasian bear. So that's like their equivalent to a, an American grizzly bear, I assume, because that grizzly bear is a brown bear. It seems or quite the, big. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to say this word wrong. Kamchatka brown bear. Oh. Or the Russian polar bear. Oh. Okay, polar bears make make sense. Yeah, I don't know. Russia just seems like a weird. It's just a strange there are bears country in to me. Spain. The really. Cantabrian brown bear. There are bears in Spain. Yeah. Well, welcome to episode (laughs) Looking at the Dog, 87 of Off the Crossbar. That's a good number. Um, Kyle, we all introduced ourselves last episode. I heard. Uh, Would you mind introducing yourself? I'm Kyle. Kyle. uh, Not a doctor either. Not a golfer either. But I, um, 
Yeah, I, I did listen because I was I was really curious how you guys were going to spl- how you were going to splice in my social hour update. And it sounds like there was some curiosity among you guys how that was going to happen as well. Yeah, it also like, would have been as, funny if I didn't send you one. I was like, oh. <laughs> as we were going, that's when we realized, oh yeah, we should create a space, and then we did three yeah, seconds of silence to make it easy for Matt. Yeah, that was great. So a little peek behind the curtain there. I uh, was on my phone in a car, like in a car in a garage, with which created a nice little sound vacuum or whatever. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was great. Uh, what you guys gonna do? To introduce yourselves? <laughs> no, we, we, did. Did, we did that last. We week. did the last episode. Oh, so that was if anybody the one... needs to know our names or other pertinent information, check episode eighty six. <laughs> Lots of crossbar. Maybe we'll sign that from here on out. Introduction maybe. can be found in episode eighty six. <laughs> episode eighty six. I think probably like what was it? Five ten minutes in, give or take. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, so, like immediately, but not in the middle. I think, think of all the time we're saving for social hour by not introducing ourselves right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like we could be saying our names. We could each, we could, we could say like, Matt, say something that isn't your name. Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that could have been used to introduce yourself, but we're saving all of this time by not doing that. <laughs> Super efficient. We're the most efficient podcast, I think, ever. In the history of podcasts, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no no wasted time. No There's wasted no, space. Um you can't convince me otherwise. Really Shit. just uh using this free Zencaster product for all it's worth. Yeah. Thanks, so. Zencaster. Hashtag yeah, shout out to Zencaster for has, hashtag spawncon. Spawn, yeah. Yeah. I wish. I That'd be cool. Never really read any of the spawn comics, but good for you, Trevor. <laughs> nice. Uh should we social hour? Yeah, what's going? What's going on with you guys? What's 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 well, popping? Personally, I wanted to get into social hour because we have some very exciting soccer to talk about. Yeah, um, but I I'm happy to wait to talk about whatever happened last week. What exciting soccer do you, do you have to talk about? I think no, it was in jest. <laughs> yeah, it was. Oh, you mean the the regular soccer that we normally talk about? But you were being sarcastic and calling it exciting. Yeah. Yes. I gotcha. Okay. I, I can you. breeze through my social hour if you'd like. Sure. What's 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 going on? It's so I, I finally started watching Severance. It's been oh. very good. It's great. Yeah. Uh, and I also started watching Old Enough, which is a Japanese like reality yeah. show basically about kids who did we talk about this on the show already? I don't think we did, but uh, this I, does not sound familiar to me. Maybe at I all. heard this. I, well, the reason why I almost thought we did is because I think I watched another or I listened to another podcast that was talking about that, oh, that great. show. Yeah, yeah so basically old it's enough? old enough. And it's basically about like families sending their their little children out to do errands. Like my first errand. And it's really great and heartwarming <laughs> and a reminder that None of our streets in America are really built for anyone who's not a car. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Japan is like there certain parts of Japan especially are like so pedestrian friendly. Yeah, um, so it's pedestrian friendly and then you know things are are located near each other instead right. of, you know, you've got like a supermarket district here. Um Right. You instead have it's, like you know, the store's like, right by your house. Yeah, communities that are built around, yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah, that are true, like, communities and not 
yeah suburbs that would be that would not, be not zoned yeah yeah and that's probably the big difference right yeah. uh, so that's my social hour update i've been enjoying both of those and they're like two very opposite ends of the spectrum <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah little cognitive whiplash there but seriously yeah trevor did you watch severance yeah no that one's on which one is that on hbo apple tv it's on apple tv it's on whatever you want if you know where to look. Oh, it's on the um, internet. No, but I uh, have not watched Severance. I wanted to, but I've told myself that I'm not going to like subscribe to Apple TV or HBO or Netflix. Like, I'm not going to be subscribed to more than one of those at a time. So, like, oh. once I get bored of one of those, then I'll just cancel it and then just switch nice. over to the one and watch everything I want on that. What's the, what's the one you're currently on? Netflix, but that's mostly just because I haven't gotten around. I want to get Apple TV. Um, I just haven't found a lot of time to like sit down and watch movies and TV shows lately. Sure. Because most of my spare time is just playing video games right now. I usually go through like phases where I do like one. I know you're playing CSGO right now. Yeah. Where I do like one activity in my spare time and I just fill my time with that. Do you not play like play video games and watch TV at the same time? I can't. Well, you can't with CS:GO. And There's, also, I mean, yeah. Wait, Matt, also, do you do no, because I, I play I them the on my TV. Oh, I'll sorry. Set my I iPad play. up, or you know, set set my phone up, and I guess it play depends something on the game on the you're playing. Yeah, I can't. I can't do that. All yeah. the games that like I could potentially do that are on my TV. CS:GO, you definitely can't do that. Like, there's not like it's action all the time, pretty much. Yeah, you need to be paying attention. So, yeah, you probably don't want King of the Hill in the background. No. But yeah, that would be perfect i only play fifa really and that's also one that I, you're not i mean unless i'm trying you to have to be involved in it yeah. yeah if you don't play online it's a lot easier because if you lose you just turn off the console and turn <laughs> it back on again that's true yeah but um, it's only see. when i'm passively watching things that i'll that i'll do yeah. that um but other than that the only kind of update is that i stayed home from work today um nice. i had a little bit of a rumbling my tumbly situation overnight and uh did not have a great night or a great morning i feel fine now but pleased to hear that yeah i must have eaten 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 something deandre aiden deandre aiden something uh that did not agree with me very much and yeah so i stayed home from work today but we feel fine now we're all good that's good it's nice not going to work for a day yeah i like that um man so i i kind of gave let's see what day what what day did we record uh we. Did I, what day did i record <laughs> my social hour last week is that thursday thursday night yeah yeah oh, thursday night yeah. it was thursday night because it was the wednesday was the open cup and then thursday night we oh that's right it was thursday okay so i i Oh yeah, I had come back from Sedona already. Yeah, so we <laughs> I can't I can't remember how much detail I went into about Sedona. That place is so funny. It's like You talked the, for like 15 minutes about I know. Sedona. It was six it was a six minute <laughs> recording, I remember. There were so many oh yeah, hilariously weird people there. Like I we we kind of brought it upon ourselves, but we went to this like organic vegan restaurant that was like slash crystal shops slash bookstore slash like garden. <laughs> and oh, and you had like, an experience there? Yeah, the, I mean, I heard overheard like four different conversations about tarot cards, and like there was a man dressed as what I can only describe as a tattooed magician 
And uh, he was talking about like how rectangles are symbols of the doors uh, that lead us to new dimensions of life and understanding. And he was like telling us this to some, like a couple of bros. I was like so fascinated about how how they all came together, but yeah, just the most stereotypical uh, sit down experience uh, for me. It was hilarious. Um, But I, (laughs) I was like, so I I kind of, I might've undersold it a little bit. Like I was, we did this hike for sunset and, um, we, we spent a lot of time hiking in the dark on the way down, which I, it was a whole thing. Well, it was a whole thing because so Sedona, there's like one road that goes through Sedona and it's really annoying that, and there's just like constant traffic and like, it's a very roundabout heavy town. And there's a lot of people that seem to not know how to use roundabouts. So it was just like, Arizona is just a very heavy roundabout place. I learned there's just like roundabouts everywhere. And Unless you're in Mesa, and oh, really? then there are stop signs on like three lane roads. It's very, oh, very confusing. That is weird. That sounds yeah. miserable. Specifically, uh, from Sedona coming back to uh, the Phoenix area, there was like this stretch of highway where it's like 65 miles an hour, and then there's like a roundabout, and then it's like 65 miles an hour again, <laughs> and then another roundabout, and it's a highway. It's like. It was so weird. I was like, what is it? There was like seven roundabouts on this stretch of highway. And did there were no, like a, yeah. Did it have like the section where it like slows you down like to 55, then 45, then 35, then the roundabout? Or was it like I, I, a I seem to remember it just being 65. <laughs> it probably it probably did, but I was just like, I would finally I'd hit 65 again and then it was time to slow down for another roundabout. I was like, what is going on? It was so oh, weird. But that's along 89A? Probably. Okay. So it's before you get back onto like the main, so it's, so, uh, it, it's by, wait, what's the, what's the ghost town called up there? That's like, it's like a ghost town, but not, oh, Jerome. It's like, you come down from Jerome instead of going, uh, I'm not looking at a map instead of going uh, up to, to Flagstaff, you're going the other way. So it's from like Jerome to, uh, Cottonwood. So it's between Cottonwood and then like the main highway, Mm -hmm. the main freeway. Anyway, so we i'm like really weird about driving sometimes like i just like i just like can't stand traffic and like how my brain works when i'm in traffic sometimes like if i especially if i'm like trying to get somewhere so i had this like i like there used to be a a road that would go from one end of the other end of sedona the west end of sedona south and would connect back all the way around so you could get to uh, the other part, like the Southeast part of Sedona, but they, they closed that at some point. And then, so now there's just the one road that takes you through the entire thing and it's just annoying. And so we were going to go do this hike, but in order to get to this hike, you would have to go, um, through like all the way back through town and then South and just all the way around. And I was like, dude, that seems so annoying. So I like looked up all these, all these like potentially alternate routes. I was like, like maybe some dirt roads, uh, some roads through some neighborhoods. I was like, okay, I, th- I think I can see a spot where, oh, and a key piece of this, there's a river, uh, which is why it, it like is divided. And like, there's no crossings of this river other than on the other side of town. So I found this like little neighborhood on a map that it looked like I could drive through to get to the other side of the river. And it would make it like, uh, like such like a 40 minute drive into like a 10 minute drive. And I was like, this is incredible. I'm doing this. And the map said like, Apple Maps really let me down here saying that I could do this. And I was like, great. So 
tried to pull this off, get to where I thought I was gonna be able to cross. And there was a gate for this gated neighborhood. And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. So then I found this little picnic area and I was like, okay. And it's by the river. And I could see that it was close to a trailhead on the opposite side of of the river to get to the same hike that we wanted to do. And I was like, okay, we're going to go here. So I talked to the picnic uh, it's like a national park type area or national Crescent forest moon picnic site. Yes. That's the one Crescent moon. Yeah. So I was like, so I talked to the lady there and she's like, yeah, you can, uh, you can get to the trail from the other side or go to the trail on the other side. You can just do a little river crossing. It shouldn't be like, it gets down to a foot in some places. So I was like, Oh, cool. So yeah, getting like, we parked there, getting across the river was super easy like going that way it's a decent sized river but it wasn't anything like above like it wasn't like waist level or anything so the hike was great uh it's it's the cathedral rock hike it's it's a pretty steep um hike like they're uh like the the final stretch is just pretty much like like a lot of you having to like kind of use your hands to scramble up a bit um but it was really fun so Stayed up there uh, for sunset, which was a great decision. It was just beautiful. Coming down was amazing. The whole thing was really pretty. Um, I, it just got a bit darker, that uh, quicker than I expected. And um, I and like, <laughs> I, I'm not like a huge hiking in the dark kind of person. Um, in, in the unfamiliar territory, it's kind of even uh, a little creepier. And then also when we know we have to cross a river eventually and also uh we it's hard to file to find the trail in the dark and also i only have my phone light and also my phone is dying and also i have someone with me who i care about and it's not just me that i'm responsible for so uh eventually like i played it really cool and pretended like we weren't in kind of a sticky situation and that was the right choice but then after i was i didn't i didn't say this to carly but i was like man (laughs) i was like ah that was kind (laughs) of That was kind of not ideal. Kind of dicey. Yeah, it was it was pretty dicey. And finding the right river crossing in the dark to get back was like really difficult. So, um, yeah, but anyway, and then it turns out every restaurant in Sedona closes at like 830 or eight for some reason. So we went to Chipotle, which they have (laughs) for dinner that night. It was great. Anyway, overall, huge fan of Arizona and Sedona. Great place. And then over the weekend, I saw the Northman because I got home on Friday and saw the Northman in the Dolby Atmos Theater on Saturday. Uh, and wow, Robert Eggers, Eggers' third film following The Witch and The Lighthouse. Uh, the Northman was just uh, fantastic. And I highly recommend if you are if you like Viking violence, I guess. <laughs> so, um, yeah, pretty it- ringing endorsement. Here's a stupid question. Is sure. it much more than Viking violence or I guess what I'm asking is like how much of the movie is Viking violence and how much of it is like drama and relationships and like character development type um, stuff. There's certainly some of that. Like it's not just like it, it it's like maybe like there's not like overwhelming violence the entire time. Like there's Robert Eggers is also like an insanely like a person who's like insanely obsessed with uh researching like um, maybe like occult rituals and also like uh, cultural ceremonies. So there's like a tons, there's like a lot of different like cultural ceremonies that were like present during like the ninth century in Northern Europe in this movie. Like it's really interesting. Yeah. And, uh, and, and he, uh, I was listening to a podcast with him and he was talking about how he essentially, um, 
he he will never do like a movie set in modern times because so much of the work that he does as a director and like writer is researching and he's like i don't know what i would need to research like i don't know what i would do with my time so um he's just a man that's fascinated with like that kind of stuff and uh just really cool vision for his movies and it's it's really good alexander skarsgård got like more ripped than like anyone i've ever seen for that movie it's kind of extraordinary but um pretty pretty brutal movie but it's very 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 good so I just wish that guy could make more movies because it's only his third movie and I loved it. And now I'm like, I don't, it's going to be a long time since until the next one. So, uh, yeah, so that was great. Been watching, uh, NBA basketball as well. Been loving the playoffs aside from the jazz games, but, um, you know, it's good. It's a good league. I love the NBA. Do we, um, have an update? on donovan mitchell like an actual update rather than donovan mitchell just being like oh yeah i'm tough no, guy. Don't there worry was an it. actual update update today like the mri on his uh hamstring was negative um he's got like ham he's got bruising on like both of his quads or something or like cool. both of his li- which uh, good stuff yeah so i don't know i I've, i don't know it kind of seems like he's probably he might have played his last game for the jazz but i don't know could be wrong ever uh, I kind I kind of think so. I kind of yeah, think he's going I think he's gone in the off season, but he might not be. Who knows? So there's that. Uh, they can get a lot of Tam and Gam for him, so they should hold they, on. They should. He's a superstar, so they can really actually. Never mind. I'm yeah. not going to make any jokes about it. He frees <laughs> up a, a DP slot for the Jazz uh, if he were to leave. Unfortunately, um, he is from like Connecticut or New York or whatever, so. No international slot needed, but mm. you know, we'll save uh, Ryan Smith some bucks on the DP contract, I suppose. So, <laughs> can you imagine if the NBA had designated player contracts and you just spend whatever you wanted? I, but you I mean, only do it like three times. They kind of have kind of kind of stuff like that. I mean, there's a. I know they have like right? roster designations that I don't understand. Like, I know that we talk about like supermax players i don't know what that means except that they get paid a lot of money so supermax is an eligibility for a player it's not necessarily a specific designation on the roster slot so like you can become eligible for a certain amount of money and max contracts based on like certain criteria but it's not necessarily like a specific designation i think but yeah they and the yeah and the, the cap hit is the same is like actual it's not like it's not like a DP where uh, all the cap hit is the same for a max contract player. Like if you're paying a max contract player like $220 million, like Rudy Gobert, like that's 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 the that's the cap hit. So oh okay, um, so it doesn't there, like affect it at all. Yeah, there are different one. There are different like there there are some really weird things like bird rights. Yeah, uh, there's like set of bird law, right? That is correct, and there's like veteran minimums. And there are also two-way players, which, uh, you know, similar to... Like go back and forth between the G League or whatever they're called yeah, these days? Yeah, exactly. And then okay. the, you get a lot of guys on like, I mean, short-term contracts, but that's that's pretty standard stuff. But yeah, so... Uh, but aren't there everyone, some contracts that like reduce the cap hit or reduce the luxury tax? Which also, by the way, I don't know what a luxury tax is, but they don't, they do something to affect that, right? Yeah, there's, uh, yeah, there there are things like that, but I I'm I'm bad at that at that kind of stuff. The luxury tax is really weird because ostensibly it's to stop teams from going over the salary cap, but 
But like, um, does it though? I mean, no. And then doesn't it just make it so like the more rich owners or teams are more likely to just go over the salary cap? So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. I don't really understand a lot of things. But. It is weird, but it's it's not that dissimilar from MLS in some funny ways. Yeah. Yeah. People love to talk about MLS being weirdly complicated. And in some ways it is. I think Yeah, Adam Silver's an MLS guy. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. I think uh, MLS has a weird problem. And this actually ties into our first news slash rumor item. Uh, things like the allocation list, I think, are, are particularly weird. Uh, but, you know. Uh, like, yeah, no, they're definitely weird. And they're one of the things that, like, made sense at a time in the league's history. Maybe. But some of them don't make any sense whatsoever now. Like, the discovery rights list or the, the allocation order for like u.s men's national team players like it ends up being just like a hindrance to a lot of teams yeah because yeah. like whoever's so at the top to of the allocation order up. list yeah. like if they don't want to sign like say michael bradley like then they just don't negotiate and they also don't want to trade so they just don't do, so michael bradley doesn't come to mls so, that's so like my, just a bad example of a player. Like, obviously he did, but I mean, if a team wants to sign a player on the national team, there's yeah. other teams that can just be like, no. And also <laughs> we don't want to sign him either. So no. So let's, so let's just like right into our up. first news and rumor item. And that's around uh, one, Mr. Saverino, who we've been talking about in the news and rumor segment for oh, months, months, uh, who rumors again are starting to pick up. Uh, rumors have a funny way of picking up when your team starts doing very poorly. <laughs> and also the window closes. And the window does close very soon. So if we're going to make a move, we've got to do it fast. Um, so Saverino notably uh, would be on this allocation list. So the allocation list, uh, there are three conditions that can put a player on the allocation list. Two of those are pretty vague. Uh, the list is select and it, the, the word is select in the document, U.S. men's national team players, select youth U.S. national team players. And then this is the one Sabarino follows into, former MLS players returning to MLS after joining a non-MLS club for an outgoing transfer fee of $500,000 or more. Now we know that Sabarino joined Atletico Monero at the end of 2019 for uh, something like $2 million. Uh, which does put him on the allocation list. Um, the allocation list is, a, I think, particularly funny because it's ranked in your finishing order and then can be modified through the season through trades and through if a player or if a team takes a player, then they go to the bottom of the list. Uh, RSL is currently 22nd on the list, uh, which means we're, we'll have to trade up if we want to get Sovereigno. Uh, if that indeed is what happens, which I think is very funny. Yeah, as just as part of the process of just signing a player that wants to come to Salt Lake, that has played in Salt Lake before, that part of the organization before, um, 21 other teams <laughs> either have to just be like, no thanks, you can have him, or they have to be like, no, you got to give us something for it. So yeah, we would essentially really be trying team. to trade or do something for the team in the first spot right so we would Usually, jump up yeah yeah just so weird 
So like, are we still in like the trying to like force parody through these means stage of yeah, MLS? Well, that's that's the idea that like this came from is, it, but also like this is again like a relic of MLS like one or two point Yeah, where like at the time everything was all very much like just handled by the league and like individual teams didn't really have the idea of like getting international yeah. players. Wait, and, yeah, so like, Matt. It was, uh, did you say stuff. how this order is, is determined? Yeah, it's uh, so it's basically a reverse order of finish. <sighs> that's so dumb. Yeah, it's like a it's like a the draft. So the that's worst why teams get first place. The, the yeah, the lottery. Yeah, so that's why uh, RSL has like never really been at the top of it, is seemingly because generally exactly. we finish pretty good. Yeah, or at least right. middle of the pack. Because it seems like we, yeah, because we've just never been at the top of the allocation order, and I don't no. never yeah. understood. Okay, so, <laughs> so if we want Sovereigno, uh, we will have to give something up to presumably Cincinnati to get him. Now there are other options, like we could have an agreement with Cincinnati that they won't interfere, and maybe we make a trade with Austin. Maybe you know you can go down maybe a couple in that way. Oh, really? So they really can just like opt out? Yeah, they yeah could opt but out. that's the thing is like Cincinnati's at the top, so they could see what RSL has and be like, you're going to have to give us $100,000 in allocation money. So Who would I, you guys I, give up I, for it? <laughs> it has to be a player. Oh, <laughs> is this this is a hypothetical? Yeah. Just a man. <laughs> um, good one. I feel like it would probably have to be a winger. Like that's what we have too many of. A homegrown. Send Chris Garcia over to Cincinnati. Why not? Yeah. He's good. <laughs> so I am curious. Uh, let's see. So the Inter-Miami acquired the number one spot in January and sent Christian McCoon to Charlotte. I don't know exactly how many matches he's played for either side. Um, so I'm looking that up really quick. Uh, do 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 career stats. Oh boy! <laughs> See if we know how to spell Christian McCoon. Uh, so he was a uh, he played twenty six games for Miami, so so definitely a starter, uh, generally speaking. Uh, defenders, so you don't expect much, but two goals. Uh, not that Miami was any good. Um, but but a, a starting player, I think, is sort of what it takes, and that probably translates to. What two hundred fifty thousand gam, or t- uh, maybe a little more tam? I think I'm trying to remember. I remember that the numbers, obviously, the numbers change and differ based on different things. But allocation order trades, I thought, were usually in the one hundred two hundred thousand dollar range. Yeah. So here's an example uh, from a little later, February 9th, Red uh, New York Red Bulls brought in Caden Clark on loan. So this loans are still a part of this. Uh, from Red Bull Leipzig. Yeah, the, yeah. the team that they sold them to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so to, to acquire him, they received the second overall spot in the allocation order and a 2022 international roster slot for, from Toronto for $575,000 in GAM. Yeah. And then the Red Bulls sent uh, $100,000 in GAM and the second oh. overall spot <laughs> to Cincinnati to get the first overall spot. So that's $675,000 in GAM. Which is, at the time, was 
derided as being a really ridiculous move. Like that's way too much money to pay for a player, especially a pair, player that's like basically your own. That so, yeah, I, I don't know that those numbers are actually reflective of like what it normally costs. I feel like New York definitely got fleeced a little bit on that, but yeah, it can definitely be expensive and it's definitely very stupid. He's a Red Bull developed player, Red Bull, New York, who then sold him to another Red Bull team. And then the other Red Bull team was like, no, you guys can have him back to continue developing him. And that's what they had to do, which is so very stupid. Yeah. There should be that, that, if if the player is coming back to MLS and they're going back to the team that they left from, that should definitely be an exception, right? Well, I mean, again, if, this, if, this if, um, if we're keeping like the overall structure, should, yeah, <laughs> if, if we have to keep it fine, but the whole thing is kind of bogus and antiquated and old and leads to a lot of really really stupid situations. Yeah. Uh, so if RSL wants to bring Saverino in, they. They will have to make a deal of some sort. Uh, and I imagine that Cincinnati will want to hold on to that number one spot or something very close to that. So you could see us trading for trading Austin, who have been doing pretty well and probably don't have a dire need uh, to get into second and then another trade to get into first. But tell me Cincinnati wouldn't love to have Saverino and I don't know. But also, I mean, Cincinnati might have their eye on somebody else that's on the list, which is definitely possible because it's kind of a big list. And they may want to still make that signing. They could but also use something to get something from RSL before. Obafemi Martins is still on that list. So, oh, my favorite one. I was looking at the list. Uh, Yeah. No, my favorite person that was on the list uh, was Camilo Sanveso, who retired like five years ago. Yeah, Camilo. Uh, or no, he didn't retire. Hang on. I think he's still playing for some team in Is he in Mexico? Brazil? Oh, he's in uh, Mexico. Obafemi Martins did retire. He last played for Wuhan FC. Yeah, I was going to say that he was in China. Camilo played for a couple of teams in Mexico for a while. Yeah. But I thought he did retire, but I mean, let me actually yeah. look it up before I say something stupid. Or after I said something stupid, I guess. Uh, he plays as a forward for Toluca, and he is only 33 years old. I thought oh. he was like 38. Anyway, so so you don't even have to be an active player to be on this list. You can retire and be retired for over a year and uh, still make the allocation ranking. Amazing. have been out of MLS for almost 10 years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Camilo left in 2013. So uh, we will see what happens there. Uh, the, the rumor mill is strong right now. You've probably seen it on Twitter. Uh, and uh, I mean, it, all signs point to Saverino coming here. But the mechani- yeah. mechanisms by which we make that happen, I think, are are still very much in the dark for me. Well, I would love to have you know, a press release come out tomorrow morning you know, after this podcast has gone live. Yeah, well, and make us look silly so. every single time. This is my favorite part about recording a podcast is we know that something's going to happen tomorrow that makes something we say today stupid. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully it's Anderson Julio or Saverino or somebody signing, but I'm very much in the camp of I'll believe it when I see it because we've had Elliot Fall go on the radio multiple times over the last month or so and been asked the question, are you going to sign somebody who and when? And every single time his answer has been, oh, we're, we're very close. 
We're very yeah. close to two or three players or one or two players and and they're definitely impact players and they're going to be good signings and be excited guys but he's been doing that for two or three months now since yeah. preseason and i make it happen like it hasn't happened yet so i'm not really believing that it's going to happen i'm not yeah. saying it will never happen or the elliot's not capable of it or anything like that i just i don't think it's going to happen before may 4th i think it's probably going to happen in the summer if at all yeah and then <sighs> Man, I hate this cycle. <laughs> it's going to be even worse if like, I, like how many years? <laughs> it's it's like, so I, I just was like a hypothetical. Say uh, we continue our run of form, if that's what you could call it, and we devolve into something like what happened at the end of last season, and uh, the owners and the FO inevitably feel like uh, Pablo's not the right guy for the job. And then we bring in some summer, summer signings with a new coach. And then we got to wait for the cycle of like, oh, but there was summer signing, which, you know, that doesn't really like they need a full preseason. And then the new coach like, oh, is he going to get a new preseason? Like that whole thing. It's, just, it's never the right time. And it's never the right combination of coach and signings. <laughs> it drives yeah. me nuts. It's all just narrative building and like making excuses and stuff. And like there's definitely times and places for that. And there's sometimes where it definitely makes sense but it is extremely annoying that like that's all we've been hearing from this club for about this team for the last three coaching cycles three or four like yeah. it's always a mid-season hire so you got to give them summer signings and you give them summer signings and those players aren't ready yet but you got to <laughs> wait till next season and then yeah for them they finally have a full again. preseason but in that preseason they undo the <laughs> roster and they have a whole new yeah it's and they get hurt and then it's like well it's a different injury than the one last year there there's nothing to be concerned about yeah it's just like okay yeah i'm 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 with you it's just it all feels very much like we're making excuses and at some point is it going to be the right time you know somebody's got to be accountable for something at some point and it really feels like that's what this team is is good at is just finding excuses to just continue to be mediocre because we've been mediocre now since like 2014 uh 2013 was the last year we were not mediocre. Yeah. 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 So starting with 2014. What what two playoff games might have told you? Oh, yeah. We did go to the Western Conference final last year, and that counts for everything. So we're really out of line criticizing. You know, yeah. So, okay. (laughs) So this kind of just kind of as an aside, something I was thinking about just in terms of uh, just those narratives or whatever. um, The, and I know like this was kind of la- this was obviously last week's episode, but thinking about like player signings and and all of that, um, I was thinking about the impact of uh, of just like crashing out of the open cup in the way we did um, being told like, you know, th- this is a priority. And the reason why it's a priority is because it's only six games to get in- back into CONCACAF Champions League, which is where we want to be. And and I was thinking about like the value of having extra extra football like having having cup games having champions league games it's obviously not you know you it's not uefa champions league but it is like the, these are big like intercontinental games uh you know for like the biggest games on this side of the planet um aside from like south america and uh the value i feel i, feel, I just felt like there was there is so much value in being able to provide like for potentially new signings to be like we can even you, you can even guarantee players like more playing time 
just by nature of having more games and being able to play more important games. So that's why, I mean, I was just thinking about, again, in, in the frame of thinking about like these player signings that we seem to can't get over the line. It's just like there, I feel like there's value in being able to promise like high stakes cup games, like, like CONCACAF champions league. And for us to not take that game seriously drives me just absolutely bananas. (laughs) And I can't, you don't have to look Sorry. further than Alvaro Sabrio to see a player yeah. that joined Real Salt Lake because he wanted to play in Champions League. Exactly. And yeah. he's our, probably our best ever striker. Yeah. So he was. Five. But that stuff makes such a big <laughs> difference. And like, yeah, it, it just, it's like we, if, you know, that was, that was the reason we were taking it seriously. Like Trey kept saying that, like six games to CCL or whatever. And it's like, this team could have done it. The 20, in 2013, the worst team in the in the in mls beat us in the championship at home yeah, uh, it, i mean you kind of see it all the time in cup competitions like the fa cup has had teams that get relegated from premier league like go to the final like yeah you don't have to be the best team in the league yeah you, just you can win a couple yeah. of games it's it, it's the cup runs yeah and so that's why like i i am so upset about that like i i'm glad we i don't know we'll get to we got a point in portland which is a good result but it's like I would have much rather lose both of those games 6-0, the NYCFC game, which we did, of course, and then the Portland game 6-0, if it meant we don't get knocked out of the out of the Open Cup. Like, that sucks. It really sucks. And I'm yeah. just really upset about that. And as I've reflected on it further, like, I can... The, the more I think about it, the more that everything being planned, the substitutions being planned, Pablo saying everything being planned just kind of eats at me. Yeah, I'm. J- I it, it it makes it so obvious, right? That it wasn't priority. And yeah, and like it's a priority yeah. for some people at the club, and I don't doubt that for sure. And I certainly don't doubt Trey when he talks about how important it is. Yeah, Trey knows more than anyone because he's been here. He was here when we were like at those at those heights. So I 100 percent believe Trey that like he he believes it's super important. But like. But then what, you played Demir Cry like ninety minutes in a six 0 loss. Yeah, when you could have subbed off everyone at halftime and given up nothing uh, against uh, New York City, you have five subs and you could have taken out all the players that you would want available yeah. for that midweek game. I'd even take like four subs. That that's fine. Yeah, yeah exactly. Save one for injury. Yeah, I I I, I can't believe that. And they're like, I, I know I can't, I can't remember the specifics. The questions that Alex was asking Pablo about that like questioning the lineup decisions uh versus like the uh you know the the rhetoric of saying you're making it a priority or whatever um like you're just not like there's there's literally no way around that like you're not that lineup is just like you're not taking it seriously. it's a give up lineup i mean and like also i agree with alex that like no matter any of our rosters in any combination should have beat that team so there's still no excuses for the team that was out there but also, um, yeah, that wasn't taking it seriously as seriously as a random league game. And like, yeah, I'm just really bummed at like, I mean, Champions League cycles are so long. Like it takes a long time. Like the, this, the Open Cup, the final probably isn't what until September or October or something like that. Yeah, it's like nine months after that that you even play your first Champions League game. Exactly. So we're like unless we you know win the supporter shield or win mls cup like we're out another two years at least from even having like the potential of of like starting a champions league run which 
just really, really bums me out. Yeah, because I'm the- getting old, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have time for this bullshit anymore. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I didn't know if we were going to do another explicit episode sorry so. <laughs> the last one I didn't mark as explicit sorry oh, if anyone okay. was uh, caught off guard by the one or two mild That's, swears oh, yeah. anyway, one or sorry. two no uh, I, I no, yeah, the rest out don't worry oh from last week yeah, yeah. you're right okay um, no I was just going to say it's it's exactly the point you made we, we made that point last time like there are windows with teams and teams have championship windows and obviously try to maximize championship windows and then you have like rebuilding windows. And yeah, every single time we get knocked out of the open cup in the first game we play in it, it resets that window a little bit. Yeah. And every single time we get knocked out of the playoffs, it resets that window a little bit and we're just stuck in this mediocre cycle window that we can't seem to make any progress on. We haven't made any progress on despite all kinds of promises of signings and coach hires and, you know, yeah, all this talk from players about how we want to be the best team. Like what, like, yeah, dude, this this all fits into the same. I'll believe it when I see it. Like, yeah, Pablo can get out there and and players can get out there and they can say, we're going to run through a wall for this guy. And he's the best coach we could ever, but like, we're still a mediocre team guys. Yeah. Go out and be the best team. And then I'll believe you until then. And I can't really take anything that, the players, coaches, or, yeah. or the front office says, like at their word now. Like, yeah, and hundred percent, exactly, exactly what you're saying, and, and I, and especially in response to like the whole, uh, you know, uh, people getting upset that fans are upset about these results when it's like, uh, this is part of fans being mad is part of the process. That's part yeah. of it's part of all of this. It's like if fan, if your fans are booing you at halftime when you're unable to beat a like third division team that's played between two and four professional games uh, together, (laughs) like you deserve that. And that's part of like fan pressure, fan attitudes, fans, excitement, fans, anger, all of that is part of this. So like uh, it's like, it kind of feels like blaming the voters type of a situation. It's like, uh, no, be, be better, (laughs) put, put a better product out there and you won't get booed. Uh, You'll get the support when like credit is credit is earned and and criticism is earned as well. And like, um, Anyway, so there's that, but then like, just it, it, it just it, it, we're treading water, and like I, I hate it so much because I and it, it both the NYCFC game and the Open Cup game were just indicative of this, just feeling like we are just still in purgatory, and it's a reminder of that. Like it can it, the the early season results can sometimes put a nice like rosy shade over what is probably the uh, the inevitability and the reality and the regression to the mean and when we start doing that regression back to like what this team probably actually is based on how it's currently constituted based on uh i've said like the patterns of play the system that we're playing based on and then the players that are in this system like it just is reminds me that we're not any closer we're literally we're not any closer to the to the stated goals of this club that have been the same goals for years now we're just like it's the same it's still the it, same it's, yeah it's not even like two steps forward one step back type stuff like it, it just feels like two steps forward two steps back yeah it, it, two it's steps exactly forward, two right. steps back and exactly. so we're basically just yeah. crossing over the same middle line and not making any progress of being better than halfway and just worse than halfway yeah we're just, we're just stuck in the middle yeah, and and that out of the results last week, the Open Cup one is is just so much worse to, to me than the 
NYCFC game, just because of really how much is 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 honestly at stake there. Uh, it just really, really doesn't. It, I'm just really upset about that one. The NYCFC one is was is more of exactly what I'm talking about. Like that's a result that I expected that we would have seen at the end of uh, last season when Pablo was, you know, that he was the head coach then. He was acting or whatever, or he was auditioning, as some might say. Uh, and we were getting results like like that, like that. Ty- that's the type of game that we would have seen then, too. <laughs> so um, it just felt like we were at the same point before we made that playoff run last year. And that playoff run, as fun as it was, didn't mean anything and it didn't win us anything. Uh, we had fun and I got to go to Portland with my friends, which was great. <laughs> so and that's always a good time. But like, you know, it didn't. Like we're, I, I don't think we're closer now than we were at any point in the last five years no. to, to accomplishing, to, to winning something super meaningful. And Open Cup is a way to, to be a shortcut toward that, I guess. Uh, and to, for us to just blow it again at home against uh, a team where everyone, they, I don't even know, like they probably have players who like, this is like their, that was I mean, I don't know how many guys just like came out of college or whatever, but like semi-pro guys, like guys that really haven't played pro ball. <laughs> so, and that I one guy know. from Ireland, and the, the guy from Ireland. So I think they actually have a couple guys. Yeah, from they the had UK. some guys from from the UK, and I was just like, I, I'm just that just made me so upset that whole yeah. that whole thing. Yeah, so we're not going to get there through cha- through we're not going to get in Champions League through the Supporter Shield. I think we can say that definitively sure uh we've probably already dropped too many points for that to be feasible if you look at new england's record last year they had i mean i guess it's still technically feasible they had five wins across the season yeah uh we're sitting at two so that's i mean that could be a lot worse but we are winless in five or our last five games are winless rather so that's fun yeah, last five winless. Like, yeah, I mean, I know we're getting some draws in there, but like, you know. So let's, let's talk <laughs> about this most great. recent draw. Okay. At Portland. At Portland. Which I At think Portland. we all expected a loss, right? Yeah. Because we have had, we have a pretty abysmal record in Portland on turf, also just in general. But uh, yeah. Yeah. As think, of late, for sure. I, I think we are all surprised at. I mean, I'm personally surprised at how poorly Portland played. Yeah. Uh, they created no chances, really, of note. And uh, we sort of scraped out of that one with a draw, which is weird that they were bad and we scraped out mm-hmm. uh, because it it felt like a team that if we'd approached it, it in a non-broken way, uh, that we had a good chance. I don't know. What do you guys think? Did we Trevor. ever stand a chance in that game? <laughs> Aside from a draw. I, I mean, it's hard to know when your players won't shoot the ball. So I. I mean, we like obviously you stand a chance because you put a team out there against another team and like somebody can win. But like actually, like. Probably not really, uh, especially after the week that they had, like mentally, I don't think the team like talent wise, I don't think that they match up with Portland like at all. So if you're not going to be able to match up talent wise, you have to be stronger, better, faster, like mentally, right? 
whatever. You have to have that mental toughness or that X spirit or whatever it is that this team has that gets them wins despite not being the most talented team on the field. And they did not have that. Like it wasn't even close. Um, it was just generally speaking, a really poor game of soccer from both sides. Um, the, neither side really did a lot. Um, the XG from the game was 0.49 for Portland and 0.9 for RSL. So I combined, there was 1.3 XG in the <laughs> entire game, which sucks. Like that's really bad. Yeah, it was, so it was a pretty abysmal game. Just, just miserable. Um, it's good that uh, we kept a clean sheet. Yeah, credit where credit's due. Whether that's due to Portland or whether it's due to us, I'm tempted to give RSL credit for a good enough defense I in think that game. I, I definitely am. Justin Glad is good. Yeah. yeah. Justin Glad is good and he organizes the, the defense well and he makes a huge difference, honestly. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely willing that, to give one other thing that, that changed is we, we played a back four with Aaron Herrera in it. That too, like, yeah. On at, at right back, and he's also a, lest we forget, he's more than a, a ball crosser, right? He's a, a great right back. Yeah, he's honestly. a good defender. And we, and we played to, to his strengths. Not to pick on anybody specifically, but we didn't have Tate Schmidt playing left back. <laughs> which i mean it, i'm not saying that brody's like world class or anything but tate schmidt had a really rough last couple of games at left back so we made the adjustment we put somebody else there and they were serviceable and the defense is the one thing on this team that i think for the last couple of years we've never really had well no that's not true we've had complaints about it but that's like coaching stuff the talent is there for the defense to be good so that's one good thing that came out of this game is i think we saw that our defense is still capable of not allowing six goals in a game um, but offensively there just really wasn't much of anything is what in the way of passing possession tactics moves it, it just wasn't much to talk about at all yeah yeah i i caught a i i didn't want to watch this one live <laughs> i was just i was worried about having like a bad night because of it so that's when i went and saw the northman instead of watching this game and i was like i'll catch a replay if i can stomach it and i you know zero zero draw pretty boring on a rewatch but i could stomach watching a zero zero draw instead of us getting just destroyed so i watched the replay i, I mean yeah i was i was i was very happy with with our defense I, again when we have justin glad and aaron herrera playing those positions i i don't i i don't know like if we're planning on playing a i don't i don't know what this team is doing long term <laughs> formation wise so actually i'm not i don't know but at least defensively this is a good setup for uh justin glad and uh aaron herrera i'll say but yeah. um yeah I, I mean i again we had some more uh sergio cordova not shooting when he could have and should have <laughs> Which is yeah. frustrating still. Maybe when we get Saverino, he'll tell his friend to shoot the freaking ball. <laughs> I don't know what what needs to happen there, but it is like it, he just makes bad bad decisions. And I don't know if that's something I don't know. I like that some some sometimes that feels innate for some people. And like I don't know what the deal is with him though. So I don't know. Yeah. Uh, a couple of Trevor, do you want to say something before I get in some miscellaneous stats? No, <laughs> I, I just, I've got, I feel the same way about Cordova. Just the more that I see him, the more I'm frustrated. 
Um, because like clearly he's a talented soccer player and he plays in the attacking part of the field and like Tate Schmidt has more goals and more shots on goal and more shots. And like Pablo Ruiz has more shots and more shots on goal. And like, there's just so many players that don't play anywhere near the goal that have more shots and goals and shots on goals than somebody who's been playing striker. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah. He's a good hold-up player. When he's involved in the attack, he tends to make good decisions as far as passing and, and who to pass to. And he's generally making the right runs to like get himself into good positions, but he just simply refuses to shoot the ball and it's getting really old. And it's it's like still early enough in his time at RSL and my time watching him that like maybe there is more to it and maybe he can score goals and just <laughs> There's something there that we just haven't not to. <laughs> there's something there that we just haven't seen yet because I think he's only played like 200 some odd minutes, give uh, or take. 557. He's only played like 557 <laughs> minutes this season, and maybe that's not enough time for him to maybe like it's not. for him to like gel with this group. And sometimes players take a long. I don't know, but that's the thing is I feel like I'm making excuses for Sergio. It looks yeah, and he, that's that's the frustrating thing is I there's so much like. I just want to see this one simple thing and maybe if we give him more time, but then all of a sudden we've gotten the whole season. We haven't seen it. And like, I really feel like this is just what he is. And it it feels like we were sold a bill of goods on this guy and it's not what he is. Yeah. It feels like a freaky Friday esque situation where he is switched bodies with someone and whoever is in his body right now is like learning how to like do things like shoot the ball. So, (laughs) yeah. Um, So, so here's a funny stat. Uh, he's our second leading player in expected goals. Uh, Demir, no, uh, so Pablo Ruiz has a total of 2.7. Uh, Sergio Cordova has 2.3. So again, early, early to be talking about expected he goals, has right? But, one goal, is that right? Was yeah, one, one goal, goal. I think one assist or two and, assists. Oh, man, and his goal was like, one a, it was a tap-in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if he hadn't scored that. Ugh. Yeah, it yeah. Was, that one was like, you would have had to try kind of hard to miss that one. He's but. our second leading player in shots on target per 90. Uh, is he really third in shots on target or shots period per 90? Uh, that, which, is, that is a damning indictment for the rest of the team. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Um, but, but clearly his decision-making is bad. But I think his finishing is also bad, and maybe he knows that. So maybe he's making good decisions. Yeah, maybe we don't want him <laughs> shooting those. But there's, I mean, it, the, the yeah, problem how, with how can, that is that instead of him shooting those, it's like Pablo Ruiz shooting them Yeah, sometimes. How can we say that it's a good decision for Sergio Cordova to not be <laughs> shooting the ball when he's the guy leading the team in expected goals? Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, clearly, well, apparently, he's getting shots off, and apparently, they're in good positions. Good and apparently, position, he should be yeah. scoring goals, but he's not. Yeah. And now we're saying maybe it's a good idea for him to not. Like, <laughs> give me well. a break. <laughs> no, I think it's a great idea for him to not just, not just a good idea. Jeez. <laughs> uh, so, a few stats from that game um, Arcel's passing accuracy 66.7%. So, exactly wow. two thirds, which is cool. Get exactly two thirds, which, which is very cool. Aaron Herrera, who I just praised, uh, 57.9% passing. Everton Louise, 66.7. Pablo Ruiz, 69.6. So it's it, not it what you want from really? there a little bit. Not what you want from your midfield, though. I'm, I've got slightly different numbers than you. 
I'm on FBRF, and it's a little less generous than uh, MLS. Not MLS. I'm looking at who scored. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not like wildly different, but oh, you're making Pablo Ruiz sound awful. And according to this, he was the third best passer on the team that day. Uh, yeah. Of he, starters. He attempted second most and completed second most. Which is, I mean, that's still a pretty damning indictment for the rest of this team that your third best or second best passer has and you're 69%. 70%. Yeah. Yeah. So Marcelo Silva had 84.6. There uh, we go. Vlad, 81. Andrew Brody, 80. The, the interesting thing Brody. for me is the difference between Brody and Herrera there. Uh, and I, I don't know quite what to make of that. I think Until, it just speaks to the game plan of Aaron being the, the guy that's responsible for creating our chances by the, crossing. Yeah, pod. I think that's probably it. Uh, his long passing, uh, one of eight for Aaron Herrera. Uh, most long passes aside from Zach McMath, of course, uh, who only attempts long passes now. Uh, actually, <laughs> that that plays out in this match. I did not expect that. Can we... Um... Hang on. No, sorry. You keep talking, and Pablo, in just a minute, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a stat on Zach McMath. Yeah, I would love to hear it. Um, and you know, passes that entered the final third. Um, do you want to know who led that one? Passes that entered the final third. Yeah. Sergio Cordova. Was it? No. It was Zach McMath. Come on. With five passes that entered the final third. Uh, S of a B, dude. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, key passes. Uh, Pablo Ruiz, Justin Miriam, and Tate Schmidt each had one. Progressive passes. Pablo Ruiz had three. Andrew Brody mm. had three. What's a progressive pass? Uh, it's a pass that For moves the ball toward the opponent's goal. I obviously goal. know, but some people don't. So go ahead. <laughs> so what is it? A completed pass that moves <clears throat> the ball toward the opponent's goal at least 10 yards from its furthest point in the last six passes. So it moves it further so than... complicated. Okay. Yeah. It's a good pass. Yeah. I mean, that. so a pass basically, like if you're maintaining possession, a pass that moves it forward rather than okay. maintaining that possession. Anyway, so it just not not ideal, is it? Like we 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 can see the definition of this team pretty clearly now. And I think results are going to play out much the way they have because our goal is boot it long, really. Like we had yeah. uh, almost as many attempted long passes as we did short passes. Good. Uh That's good. Yeah, I don't I don't think that's good, Trevor. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, what I meant was that's very bad. Especially when you're, I mean, that explains the passing accuracy, especially yeah, when Aaron it does. one for eight. You ready for my Zach McMath stat? Oh, sure. No. So just looking at past success from Zach McMath, and I was just going over the last games that we've played this, this year so far. Um, the best... I'm going to get the number a little wrong, so bear with me here. But the best that Zach McMath had in a game was in the 70s. Oh. Guess what the second best was? 60. 40s. <laughs> Ooh. Everything else was in the 30s. Against Kansas City, it was 21. That's... And just to, just to like give you the numbers of the opposing goalkeeper in all of those games... The lowest was, uh, I think it was 79. Really? <laughs> Everything else was like in the 80s. And uh, Timelia had 92. What, game that we played. what are we doing? 
So, yeah. uh, and I, I don't think that's a Zach McMath problem. I think you're right. I think that's definitely like a planned thing, like just kick the ball long. But like, it's what are we doing? Like, ninety three point five percent of RSL's uh, goal kicks have gone longer than 40, 40 yards. How many of them have gone to an RSL player? Uh, like thirty three percent of them. A yeah, third? Um, that's probably about right. In the Portland game, to give oh, you those numbers, uh, Zach McMath was seven. Sorry. Okay. And the Portland game, Zach McMath was thirty-two percent success, and Ivacic was eighty-nine percent. Huh. Yeah. So it, it's like super route one stuff we're doing, and it's I don't know. Like maybe I should be grateful that we're not losing six-zero every game, and not complain not about this team. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, but I I want to see a team that wants to play the game not wants to uh nick a goal at the last minute like those moments are fun like yeah watching anderson and julio get that game winner in stoppage time like it has to be one of my favorite rsl memories especially because i think kyle almost launched himself out of the press box <laughs> on that one uh, yeah that was great yeah um but that was very route one wasn't it yeah, <laughs> but like you, you get that in moments where it's desperate, where you, right? Totally. But, but that's we were our playing game that plan. from the outset, yeah. Matt. Yeah. What do you have as Zach McMass total touches against uh, Portland? Against Portland. Let's see. And where does it rank among the rest of the team? Talk about something else while I look that up. Because I've got it at 52 touches. And that is one, two, three... Yeah, I've fourth got, best on the team. I've got fourth most. I've got forty six here, so a little lower. Um, so in then, a game when we had thirty four percent possession, Zach McMath is touching the ball the fifth most of anybody on the field, fourth or fifth most of anybody on the field. Yeah. And every time he touches the ball, one out of three times it goes to the other team. Yeah. Do you think that's related? No, of course not. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Is that one of those correlation does not equal causation situations? Yes, that's correct. Uh, okay. To Sorry. be fair, so I have him as to 46 touches. Um, 29 of those are live balls. So that's 17 that uh, were goal kicks. That's a lot of goal kicks to give up. I yeah. think. Yeah. <laughs> it's really... It's, oh, Anyway, so it was a but it was a rough game, Portland. Um, not a lot of good things happening on either side of the ball for either team, and that's unfortunate because soccer is a lot more fun when it's fun to watch. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. <laughs> that's my yeah. analysis of the Portland versus Real Salt Lake game that we watched last weekend. Yeah, I, take take the point though. <laughs> oh yeah, guess. no, for sure. Like the result at the end of the day is what like. People like to say that like the scoreboard is the only one, the only yeah. stat that matters, and one point is one point. And yeah, you know, we'll take it. You know what I look forward to a, a day when, like a, a a zero zero draw or any draw on the road is like a bare minimum expectation. Yeah, and not well, that, not that is, a, a celebration. That is, that is the expectation, Matt. Oh, That's no, the expectation. Uh, the expectation yeah, is that we lose, right? 
<laughs> that is true. No, that's that's the realist in you. That... Yeah, <laughs> I want like the realist in me to think we've got a genuine we're, we're chance winning of winning this game. Every game, yeah. And yeah, if like, we don't, like a, a draw is fine on the road. Yeah, but instead we're going in with this premise that a, a draw is fine. We don't want to lose. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's just and very negative. It is, and I and I think about back to that twenty thirteen year where we were in the running for the, the treble. And thinking about uh, what those what the expectations were, those away games toward the end of the season where we we're going away to Vancouver and and I'm like, we this is like we're, we have to win this game. We're going to win this game. And then seeing that we started Devin Sandoval and then being worried about it. But then he scores the game winner and then we're no longer worried about it. Like that should I mean, agreed. Like when we're when this club is at its best, that is the expectation, like both. Uh, realistically and you know as trying to be like the best team in the league but yeah i right now that's certainly not what and uh, either honestly, of those i think are. we did more with less in 2013 i think so too like wait what we did more with less no like, i think the top end of our squad was no. better uh well okay we didn't do more with us because we did a lot more we did more we did a lot more with some more yeah, I think that's fair. I think the gap between what we had and what we accomplished with what we had. I mean, that's why, like, like come on. Like, that was why where the team is the star mantra came from was yeah, from like, yeah, that and squad. And that's very so. much like why Jason Christ got four more jobs in MLS, despite yeah. all of them not being successes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he did do a lot and we didn't have the best team or the most expensive team or whatever. But yeah. that team was still way more talented than this one. Yeah. Oh, that's no, that's we, true. We, that, the back end of that team was so bad. Like, yeah, but the back end of the team that was so bad, like legitimately it was like six or seven players. I feel like maybe I'm wrong on that, but like, I feel like all of our starters were better than our starters that we have now. And even Amir a lot Pilots of the bench players the were best player of all time. So, so I, <laughs> with that exception, but the guys yeah. that we brought in off the bench were also pretty good, solid players. Yeah, a lot I of guess. them went on to USL, and I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, or, you know, that was their last, like, real hurrah. Uh, Kwame watson Sirbo, although he had concussion issues that are, that really derailed things. Aaron Mond uh, playing in USL. Uh, Lavelle Palmer. Is he really playing for Des Moines? The Des Moines Menace? I think he did for a little bit. I don't think uh, he is Somebody anymore. needs to update his Wikipedia page. I don't page. know. Uh, Cole Grossman played in Norway last. Olmes Garcia like had a couple good, good goals and very okay. strange player to me. I loved him. Okay, I don't know. So I, I think you made all that point. to say like <laughs> we we're not like historically a great roster team, but there's there's something in the gaps, and I think coaching is what exists in those gaps. Agreed. And, uh, and you can feel now. Yeah. It's not good enough. I just like the, the there's something to be said for just like knowing that you're that you have a coach or manager that's getting getting the most out of the players you have. Like because we there there were even back then there were criticisms about like, you know, not not sp- splashing for signings, that kind of thing. Um but like when you have somebody who can get, you know, more out of players than like, you know, just they might by themselves it's just i don't know i miss feeling like the sum of the parts was whatever that saying is what is uh the you know you know what i'm saying the 
Oh, shoot. The sum of the whole is, the greater, whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Of parts. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, I just like we we need we need something like that. If we're if we're gonna be if we're gonna have the roster that we have, we need to be getting the most out of it. And I don't like route one not, for not ninety minutes. Probably we're doing isn't that. that. Yeah. I mean, we're we're not playing. I don't know what our strengths are, but we if uh, we certainly aren't playing to them. If we do have them, I mean, we we have seen that we're playing to Cordova for headers, and, and that yeah. it's clear that his strength is not heading the ball. Yeah, that's been made wildly apparent. Yeah, it's. I think as a strength, I think. I mean, it's kind of funny to say after that six zero loss, but like our defensive line is probably our our biggest strength when we have them set up in like a formation that, uh, that plays sense. to their skills. But um, yeah, I mean, offensively, I don't know what our strength is offensively, and if we are playing to it, then we've got a lot of problems. But I don't think we are. I mean, I, you guys mentioned this sort of last week, but like, um, there were times when we seemed to know how to play with Rubio Rubin last year when he had like a good, you know, he had a good run of form scoring a bunch of goals. And then he went like 13 or 14 games without a goal because we were like, like, we just seemed to forget how to play the ball to him. Uh, there was a coaching chains probably in there, I think, if I remember correctly. But um, maybe you know, there's a coaching change and a formation change, and then another yeah. formation change, and then like when we some when potential injuries that may or may not have happened. Yeah, I don't and, know. It just it just sucks to see like what players are sometimes you know are capable of when we play to their strengths, and I feel like especially with strikers. Like that's something that needs to be like such a big focus is figuring out how to get your strikers in dangerous positions. But we're kind of just like playing, you know, this route one or cross from Aaron Herrera and to whoever's there, whether it's Demir Krylock or Sergio Cordova and hoping they can get on the back end of, of a pass at the back post. And that's, that's it. So, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just like, it's the same thing. It's and it's not again. It's not just based on. It's not a reactionary take. Just based on that insane game against NYCFC. But it's just like I I I just don't know what we're doing exactly. Other than I mean, it was I I know what we were doing before, which was uh, X believing ourselves to victory. Um, but and that, that only that works when you've just had a coaching change and people are upset about it, and it yeah came to and really weird time, right? Yeah, that, it, that works in those circumstances. It can much more yeah. than it works when the season is starting. But and like that, yeah, and that ran out last year, and we flamed out into the playoffs somehow. So but there's also, I mean, under Pablo, there's still been there's definitely like the expected spirit joke meme thing that we've turned this into. Like that definitely plays a part, but also like there were very clearly games where like formationally and tactically we were set up properly and we succeeded and then there were games that we like put out the lineup and we looked at it and we're like this is going to be a bloodbath and it turned out really poorly and like (laughs) you know what i mean like there are definitely times where like you kind of have to give pablo or whoever it is credit for like setting the team up properly because they do know how to do it they've done it the first four games of this year the team was set up properly and was doing well and yeah yeah maybe we did run into some injuries but like like, the nashville game i thought we were well i mean there was some stuff there that that was kind of so. Uh, I was thinking about the the Sporting Kansas City game in the playoffs 
I thought that was one where we nailed it. And also we were like sporting Kansas city toward the end of the year tends to be the, uh, the team that's kind of flaming out themselves and being kind of beaten and run in, down. But like in we, the playoffs, or are you talking about the last game of the season the playoffs? Uh, sorry. Well, actually I can't remember the last game of the season that much. I'm talking about the playoff game specifically. Okay. The Bobby Wood goal one. I thought we played really well that game. And that was like a, we definitely deserve to win that game. And that was in Kansas city too. Um, there's been some of those games where I'm just like, wow, we like thoroughly outplayed the opponent, but I don't know if it's like our failure to adjust to certain situations or tactical setups or like what the deal is. But other times we just like look so lost and so undefined. Um, and I guess I, I don't, I don't really know what all accounts for that, but you know, as long as we're having fun out there, as long as the boys are running, I don't know how many miles. As long as, as long as we get the effort and hustle. Yeah. Something like that. That's all we can ask for. All right. Speaking of effort and hustle, should we talk LA galaxy? Yes. Yeah. And interestingly, this is another home game. I'm going to miss. I'm bummed about it. You're not going to go to the Why are you this one home because game? I at some point agreed to go to Vegas this weekend oh, with some dummy. friends. I, I'm honestly, <laughs> I mean, it'll be fun. And I'm like looking forward to just chilling hey, by the you, pool. Can you place a bet for Trevor? Oh, I can. Trevor, could if you, you place want, a bet for me? I could absolutely do something like that. All right. Um, I saw the lose by six, I think is the one. Yeah, I'm going to do that one. <laughs> yeah. So I won't be there again, which kind of sucks, but um, we shall miss you. Depending on the result, maybe it's a good pick. Yeah. Who well, knows? We will see what the result is. Uh, RSL winless in their last five, as we mentioned. LA undefeated in their last four games. So that's, uh, I don't know, a, a spot to be. Um, but the home team tends to win this one historically. Looking at our last 10 results, um, the home team has won all but three of them. Uh, and only in one case did the home team lose. Uh, and that was RSL in 2019. And this team bears like some striking or some passing resemblance rather to that 2019, but it's very different. Uh, so I don't know. Past results, I think, don't mean a whole lot aside from maybe the home team wins and that would be nice. Maybe the home team doesn't win and that would be less nice. That's all I've got for preview. Um, LA Galaxy has uh, a much better roster than we do. Kind of up and down the board. Yeah. That's, do, uh, do they have anyone important, though? Um, depends on who you ask. Some Man, people... You. If you're asking me, I would say that they have a very good forward. Hmm. What if we were asking the Mexican national team? Uh, then they have a wildly insignificant forward <laughs> that could not possibly help them under any circumstances despite scoring like a goal a game so far this year like yeah. he's been insane he's really good him it, it is so fascinating to me what he and carlos vela did is it, is it simply going to mls did that piss them off that much the carlos vela no thing predates his move down yeah, it does, carlos right? vela has been like years and years and years yeah and i think that stems from carlos vela just generally apparently not actually getting a whole lot of enjoyment out of playing soccer. Like right. he just knows that he's good at it and can make a lot of money doing it. He yeah. definitely got some enjoyment out of some other activities uh, during an international break once. And that, oh, I yeah. think he was playing for Arsenal <laughs> at the time. That's right. That's happened. Didn't Chicharito do something like that? Like years ago? 
as well was or, he part of that same group i don't know he might have been part anyway but no that event didn't really affect um chicharito with the national team that's a much more lately thing and yeah i think it's just honestly i think it's just him and the coach um i don't think because the coach right now is tato martino right yeah and he wouldn't I don't have think any. he has a problem with mls no. i think it's just he doesn't feel like Chicharito would help him, which is it, really yeah, weird. And I don't it understand. Is weird, especially when uh, Raul Jimenez was injured too. Like he didn't even get time then, which yeah, was pretty wild. Because Raul Jimenez was out for like a year with like a broken skull or whatever that was. Do you remember that? Remember when that happened? Nope. Oh man, he did it. I, I mean, he's he's still at Wolves, but it was during a, a Premier League game. It was crazy. I can't remember who got him, but I think for some reason I feel like it was a Chelsea match, but um. Anyway, so yeah, they also have Douglas Costa on loan from Juventus. He kind of sucks, I feel like, but I don't know. I mean, any player that play, oh, I'm wearing Juventus shirt. That's (laughs) that is really funny. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, I I think he's just kind of washed. But I mean, I I, he scored in MLS. I I think he has at least one goal. Yeah, I think he's a little bit washed. Um, But he's like a washed Douglas Costa is still a pretty good player. Exactly. Um, they've also got Victor Vasquez, who I really like. Um, Julian Araujo, uh, U.S. national team player occasionally. Sasha Question, former U.S. national team player occasionally. And yeah, they just—they're a good team. They're a better team than us. You know, yeah, I feel they, like they always seem to get like really good, like mid, like uh, mid squad signings. You know, like they, like their depth signings are just always really impressive. I feel well, like they, that's, that's the thing is what's crazy is they always for the last several years have had a really good roster yeah. generally speaking i know they or at least a like very expensive a roster game. and this is one of the first years in the last several that they've been like actually league best one of the best yeah. teams yeah they 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 always have just like it seems like they're they seem like they're always underperforming at the end of the season for whatever reason they just can't get it together but yeah good roster though it seems a lot of talent on the roster well i hope None of those good players play, and they decide to just play academy players. Oh, remember when Chicharito scored? Uh, that that was that was toward the end of the year, right? I can't remember. Like, what was the result of that game? Oh, that was was that was that the Anderson Julio game? Or the who, who, Anderson was, Julio game. Who was the game winner against the overhead, like the flip oh, over his head know? thing? Was that LA Galaxy? It could. I, I don't know, but I remember the. Did Chicharito actually it, score on Ochoa? Because I remember we did, played LA. He, and, remember Chicharito celebrating like right in front of the South End? LA Galaxy, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chicharito scored to tie it, right? I remember the. That sounds right. Ochoa made an incredible save on one of his. Oh, it was that same game. It was that. Okay. Yeah. It, it, that Was that the Anderson Julio flip over the. Yeah, the, yeah dude. Probably. With that was a great volley. game. Yeah, yeah, that was. Not only was that like just an insane goal, but that was against a really good team too. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, yep. ostensibly a really good team. Wow. Yeah. Chicharito, that was that game because Chicharito so if was... we hurry, maybe we can get Anderson Julio back in time. Yeah. Um, that would be great. <laughs> but, you know, he hasn't been playing for his team. And uh, if and when we do sign Anderson Julio and sign to point EBS, probably need another three months of uh preseason right yeah he, he'll he need a full preseason with the team before we can really expect him to perform at his best 
and then we'll start him and he won't still won't be a great starter. I don't know. Uh, LA Galaxy, oh. you're currently third in the West with 16 points. Um, RSL is sixth in the West with 13 points. So on paper, they're kind of the same, similar teams, <laughs> uh, but also they're really not. Um, RSL has scored nine goals and allowed 13 for goal differential of minus four. LA Galaxy has scored 10 goals and allowed six for a goal differential of four. Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't lose 6-0 recently, I guess is what we're That's taking the difference. That. Hey, if you yeah. just one game. Anyway. That's all yeah. Anyway, we got that's, a game. Uh, that's the Saturday, and it's at one thirty. Which oh, it's a, it's an early one. Yeah, on it's, national yeah, it's TV. a midday game. It's a national TV game. Oh, and gross. I love I'm midday games before the summer because then I can. Yeah. I have my, I've got my full day ahead of me to. That is true. Stew I, over a bad loss. I, I, I'm, I, you know, I'm looking forward to midweek games. <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I, for some reason, I just love a nice Wednesday game. I, I don't I'm know sure what it is, I do, man. I because. I, for me mentally, I go home from that game and it's Saturday night. Yeah. And then I get home at 1030 or whatever it is. And then I go through my nighttime routine. And then right before I go to sleep, I'm like, oh, yeah, I got work tomorrow. That's a little rough. Well, next time we have a midweek game and you're up in the press box, I'll just spend like every five minutes. I'll remind you. Hey, Trevor, <laughs> don't forget. You've got work tomorrow. Don't forget. You I don't, don't know what it is. I, I think I just like breakfast the, tomorrow. It you feels like such a solid, fun break in the week. Like, I just yeah, love. I, yeah, I agree. I, it's it, for me it does feel like a saturday but in a good way like i i feel like it's like oh now i mean that that day's over there's only two more days I, thursday is like one of my favorite days of the week because it's like it just something some about some thursdays are just a vibe for me i love thursdays and then because it's the anticipation of it being the weekend you know mm-hmm. there's something there's something there so yeah those wednesday you're not you're you will never talk me out of this because after a wednesday game it's like okay like it's obviously not the weekend, but like we're almost there now. It's well, like Thursday, Thursday, Thursday which is yeah. basically just, the weekend. It's basically, dude. Wow, when is, there's some magic on a Wednesday. Let me tell you. Anyway, was I that was that LA Galaxy game on a Saturday or Wednesday? Well, last year <laughs> it was that a Wednesday. Julio one. Anderson Julio game was it really? It was a Wednesday. Yes. Okay. You Actually, the our last three games against them have been on Wednesdays. Why? And you have to go back to 2018 to see a Saturday game. That's so weird. That's really weird. Yeah. Are they all national TV games? Some Sunday games? Five of our last six have been on September Wednesday. 29th. Wednesday's September 29th. 2-1. Yes, dude. I tell, I'm telling you. Magic Wednesdays. It's a thing yeah. I'm making. There's something about it. Huh. And so this it's kind of a bummer. This one's on a Saturday because I'm telling you, if it was on a Wednesday, well, on Wednesday, we would win. Well, we didn't win the last one or the one before that or the... We did win the one before that, though, which was yeah. in 2020. So we lost the one before that. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, it's an even, oh, that September 1st, 2018, RSL 6, Galaxy 2. I forgot about that one. Was that the duck game? Was I it? thought the duck game was, no, the duck game was the Nations League game, wasn't it? No, that was the cat game. Cat game. That's right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> was it? The duck game and the cat game were pretty close to each other, though. I, I actually, yeah, they were like two weeks apart, I think. Uh, yeah. The duck game. Let's see. April something. It was against LA Galaxy, though. Yeah. Weird. Uh, this game is this weekend is going to be broadcast on Univision. Um, that's the national broadcast. 
that we're going to be on. Um, it is, yeah, like we said, it's at one thirty in the afternoon, which thank goodness this game is in April and not July because those games suck a lot. But that game was the duck game. It's also going to be pretty chilly this uh, this week, right? Let's uh, yeah, check the weather report. Uh, high high mean, of 66. It's, it's going to be hot. That's great. High of 66 on Saturday? Sunny? Yeah, and Most Friday it might yep. even snow. So if it gets pushed back, we could have a snow game in late April, which would be... Wait, it says it, it might snow on that day? On Friday. No, on the Friday. Day on Friday, I see. But, you know, any anything can happen in MLS. I love it. And in Utah weather. Yep. Wow. Well, I don't really have anything else to talk about with regards to Real Salt Lake. <sighs> I don't either. What a team. What a club. <laughs> we love to see it. But Kyle, it was nice to have you back. Oh, nice there's one more back. thing we, we got to talk about. It was you on the dock and we just skipped it. What? Uh, RSL hasn't scored in three and a half games. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trevor, your cat is licking itself and it's very cute. Oh, I really hope we score this game. And uh, I don't know if you've made it this far. Uh, rumors are floating around. I've heard from a few not well-placed sources yet, but uh, that we're looking to sign a left back, which is good because we have one. <laughs> which is obvious. Yeah. <laughs> but it reminds me that RSL used to, like 2011, we had three fullbacks total. Tony Beltran, Robbie Russell, and Chris Wingert. And just like, I don't know how we survived on that. Well, because Chris Winger and Tony Beltran were the Iron Men of the league. Yeah, that's that's true. It's a good point. Well, on on that note, um, I guess, I mean, it's it's still light outside. Um, I know. I got to go well, to the gym. It's gym so, started uh, at a reasonable hour today. Good job, us. That's right. Have a lovely evening. Oh, it's a what a great evening it'll be. Enjoy the game. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.